The Athletic. Hello, you lot. Io here. And today we have got a very special episode of the pod in store for you. If you know football, it's not possible that you don't like Kai. Look, I wanted to give you the goal against Finland. Me too, it's mine. But it came off, it kind of came off the back. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I never, I never had a shot like that. You you take that goal. Oh, that's mine. I found out. I went crazy for me. Football was over in that moment. I called home crying and I said, this is enough for me. I'm joined at the Athletic HQ by none other than Arsenal and Italy midfielder Jorginho to talk about the title race, penalties, dual nationality and the welfare of young players. This is a big one. So settle in and welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. Jorginho, welcome to The Athletic, man. So good to have you. I know this has uh, taken a while. Your schedule is manic at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, this this period is, is crazy. This schedule is ridiculous. <laughs> Let's actually start, right? Let's start with Arsenal. Really good position, top of the league as we're recording this right now. What's life like behind the scenes? Uh, everyone calm? Everyone ticking well? Yeah, everyone uh, really excited uh, about the moment. It's where we want to be, but everyone really focused at the same time mm-hmm. because we know we have a lot to do with you and uh, it's a long way to go. What do the lads call you? Jorginho? Uh, Jorginho? <laughs> what, what's the Georgie, chat? Yeah, you have everything. <laughs> <laughs> you have George, you have Jorginho, you have uh, Papai. <laughs> <laughs> Who calls you Papai? <laughs> no, because it's like a joke that we say uh, in Portuguese. Like It's like a bro, you mm-hmm. know, if you translate, it means daddy, but saying to a friend like this, like, bro, hey, hey papai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, I'll call you papai, papai, yeah. what's going on? What's going on? Look, you've you've changed as a, as a player in so many different ways. And I think I, I met you a while ago and we were talking about why you think Arsenal brought you uh, to, to the club. Why do you think Mikel Arteta thought, Jorginho, I like this guy. Why am I bringing him to Arsenal? What do you think you're offering? Maybe that's a question for him. I don't yeah. know, but... He tried to to sign me a few times mm. and uh, we had this conversation and he was like, okay, this is going to be the last time that I try. <laughs> that I try. <laughs> but I think he relies on, on my qualities, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Because mm. all I want and all I try to do is help and help all my teammates, everyone at the club and uh, help the staff bringing my experience, my mentality of uh, wanting to win all the time. And uh, I think he brought me in hoping that I could add all this stuff. Mm. But you're, I guess your role in Arsenal is slightly different to maybe Chelsea or when you're in a Napoli. Are you happy with where you are right now? Uh, it's a different kind of arrangement at Arsenal. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. And uh, I'm happy because... If I wouldn't happy, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am happy, and uh, it's a little bit different, maybe from Napoli because I was way younger. It's all about helping, achieving, and uh, growing the team together. You know, and that's the main, the main target, I think. No, you're you're not getting any younger like many of us. Oh, goodness me, I wake up I wake up in the morning now and everything's aching, bro. Don't, don't remind me that. <laughs> what do you do to stay in shape? Because you know you've got these young players around you. Yeah, yeah. you still need to stay up there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's not easy. It requires a lot of good mentality because you need to eat well, rest well, and push yourself all the time to the limit. Uh, when you uh, have a little bit more experience, you can manage something here and there, but you can drop the level, so you need to push a lot. And uh, the boys, they make me <laughs> push a lot, which I like, to be honest. It's hard work, and that's why I like it. I want to talk about um, Kai Havertz, because you played with him at Chelsea. Yeah. And much like yourself, and I want to come back to this in a little second, a little misunderstood at Arsenal. What is he like to play with? For me, he's an unbelievable player, to be honest. Mm. Uh, as a guy, no words. It's uh, so good. Like, such a nice guy. I love Kai. And uh, he became a friend. And uh, I always want the best for him. As a player, he has these qualities, his in intelligence. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's funny because you look at him and you think he's not fast and he's fast. And then you think he's not strong because maybe he looks skinny, but then he goes through the challenge and he's strong. Mm -hmm. So maybe it takes a little while for people to understand his qualities and uh, what he brings to the team how much effort he put in and uh, how much hard work he put in and uh, his qualities just come out all of a sudden when his confidence is high as everyone else but um, his intelligence his technique uh his finishing when he's fin he, when he finishes i swear to you uh, it looks like he doesn't care and then the ball goes to the corner and i'm like how do you do that you know so um he's such a huge player like huge i'm telling you this guy is so 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 good and uh, i hope that everyone can appreciate it do you think there's certain players that footballers see the qualities and maybe the fans don't you, you play football every day yeah and yeah. when you see a quality you're like yo that's this guy's decent sometimes as fans of the game you're like come on man i want you to do this i want you to do that is, <laughs> is, is he one of those players that if you love football you like kai Havertz? yeah for sure 100 percent. if you know football it's not possible that you don't like kai mm. it's impossible and uh, i know what you mean because that happened to me a lot mm. <laughs> uh but when you play beside him uh it's it's just it's just different. You you know and you see straight away his qualities and what he can offer you, where he expects the ball, uh, the way he puts his body in position, in certain position, he he knows what he wants next. So um he makes things easier for for who is beside him. Yeah. Let's let's bring this back to you because I, I love what you said there. You've been in the same position where people don't understand you. Uh, I can't remember what I was reading a while ago and you said uh, every team I go to, I feel like I'm under, misunderstood or it takes them a while to understand what I have to give from Napoli. I remember when Saudi brought you back in, but you unloaded to Verona. People didn't really understand. Chelsea, maybe he's a bit too slow. Arsenal, same conversations. How do you deal with that mentally, man? Yeah, um, I learned to use that as a motivation, you know, to prove them wrong. And that's what I always did since Verona, to be honest. I was really young and the fans, they didn't want me to play because I was too young. I wasn't ready yet and all this stuff. And then that wasn't true because I started playing. We went from the Serie B to Serie A and then the Serie A in the first six months, I scored seven goals and then I was sold to Napoli. I got to Napoli. 
same story not sure not sure and then uh, we made history with the the way we played football and then uh, i went to chelsea <laughs> and again <laughs> yeah he's too slow his physicality i've been hearing that like my whole career to be honest about my physicality and uh, uh my pace and that's not my strength i know that that's why i don't rely on that <laughs> And I got here and I achieved so much because of my strength. That's my, honestly, I think my brain, <laughs> you know, and uh, I anticipate things. I can see things in a different way. And uh, the way I, I try to play is just about helping the team. My main target is not me, uh, not Meg or, you know, skills and stuff like that, dribbling that's that's not my strength that's that's not how i got here and that's not what uh all the coach saw on me mm -hmm. you know uh my quality is to make things easier for the whole team for the team to play better to keep the team compact and to make things happen in a way that it looks easy but maybe it's not that easy you know so that's i think that could be my biggest quality. Can I sh share a stat with you? Uh, we've got our stat guy to do a lot of work. Only Rodri has a higher ball retention rate under pressure in the Premier League last season than you. That's pretty amazing. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I'm not that wrong then. <laughs> but that, it's, it's, it's back to what we were talking about. Um, does it, I guess it's part of our industry as well. Does it annoy you that people are, they're still saying, oh, he's too slow. Oh, he doesn't do this. I mean, how does it worry you that that's the way the industry goes? Because there's a lot of people who have opinions about who you are as a human. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't affect me as a human being because I know who I am mm. and what I do. And uh, people who are close to me know who I am. And uh, and that's it for me. That's enough, you know. I know I can make everyone like me. That's not possible. <laughs> that's not possible in life. But everyone has an opinion, right? And uh, I don't let that affect me. Sometimes it makes me laugh, actually, because I've heard in my first season in Chelsea, there was this thing, yes, 2,000 passes and not one last uh, in the statistics. But after, go on YouTube mm. and you can see how many created chance mm. there was someone in front of the keeper and they didn't score and then they didn't get the assist, you know? That's why it didn't affect me. It doesn't affect me because I know what I'm doing and I'm, I criticize myself a lot when I think I didn't do something right. So that's why I watch every single game I play. I watched again, you know? To analyze what are I you did. that guy that has yeah. to watch himself to understand <laughs> what you've done? Yeah, wrong not just myself, the whole team, you know, because I want to help the team. So I watch the game to see if I saw something that it could be an advice for someone or first for myself. And yeah, that season was about oh zero assists in two thousand passes. But please do it after. <laughs> I will do. Don't and, worry. I've got you. I've got you. I'm going to check. I can't do it now because I've only yeah. got you for a short time, but I'm definitely going to do it. And then people say, oh, stop, uh, pass backwards, backwards, backwards. But they don't understand that sometimes for me to get there, 
I need to do this pass first because I know that this will bring pressure here to create that space there. It's like playing you know? chess, man. Yeah. You have to, you exactly. don't want to move ahead so of your opponent. That's close. And okay, I can force there, mm. but if I pass here, I get there and it's easier for him without pressure. Mm. That's just an example. You're listening to the Athletic Football Podcast with Ayo Akinwalere. Gabriel Martinelli. Jorginho! Oh, he said, no, it's gone in! What a moment for Arsenal! Jorginho's shot off the crossbar, off the back of the goalkeeper and in! And this could be a vital three points in the title race for Arsenal! Well, let, let's move on to something that's finally happened this season for you. Uh, a goal. Against Lens. <laughs> Let's get into it, bro. And I want to talk so about... you didn't you don't give me the goal against Villa? Okay, no, this thank is you what I was much. gonna ask you. Thank you. No, 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 no. Look, I wanted to give you the goal against Villa. Me too, it's banger. mine. But it came off it kind of came off the I back. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I never I never had a shot like so you, that. So you you take that goal. Oh, that's mine. So it's two goals now for us. Yes, two. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give me. <laughs> but my head is mine. <laughs> Well, t- tell me then. Okay, maybe you had the Villa one in your head. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also the, the the penalty against London was a fantastic result for Arsenal anyway. Yeah. Arsenal looked like they were in full control of that match. Um, but must make you feel good to get off a clean score. Yeah. Clean, <laughs> clean goal for Arsenal. Yes, well, uh, it was uh, really special um, because my mum was there as well. Oh, man. My mum and my sister. That's so. Nice. That was even more special, to be honest. Yeah, it was. I was really happy mm. when I saw the opportunity, especially because I just missed one for Italy. Yeah, we'll go into that and, in a second. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, having the opportunity to to go there to stand and and score mm. straight after that happened, uh, it felt good. Is that just you mentally? Like, I don't know, it's not the first penalty you've missed. I don't know you've had situations in the past where you've missed penalties at pivotal times as well. What makes you want to get up and take another one and really pressure pressured situations, I should say? Because I believe in myself. Mm. I believe in myself and uh, I believe that I can help the team. That's not like a selfish situation that, oh no, I want to prove that I'm good enough. No, I don't need to prove anybody to anyone. To be honest, not now. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I just believe that I can help the team mm. scoring the goal. And then, if it's in a situation that somebody else is feeling better in that moment in that situation, I'm the first one that is not gonna cause any problem. Mm. You know, the the main, as I said before, the main target is always the team. You have to put the team first and then yourself. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was most obvious about that penalty was you did do the hop. This is what everyone talks about. I remember when you came to England, everyone was like, what is this unusual technique? You didn't miss a penalty from May 2019 to September 2020 across quite a few attempts. That was a huge streak. Um, Why have you switched in a little bit? I think uh, in time now, the goalkeepers, they are studying more and more and more, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I think taking a penalty is... It's getting harder and harder. Interesting. And it will get harder and harder in time. Uh, the game is changing, you know. The goalkeepers, they, they are getting better and better and faster. And taking a penalty is going to be not so easy anymore because everyone always thought, oh, penalties are goal. 
you know penalty new new okay no one zero easy easy yeah it, it's it's not like that at all and it's it's gonna become even harder mm. so at some point i felt that okay i need another option because having having only one option it's not an easy option for the keepers to save it mm. but they're gonna study and train and prepare themselves just for that option so having another option it can become a little bit more complicated them for them yeah bit. what he's gonna do now yeah is he's gonna do the hop or he's gonna go straight like you know so having more options in the pocket uh it's it's a good thing do you think that was what jordan pickford thought about when you took that penalty in the euros final he studied that hop oh for sure he knew all he of knew where you're going yeah all of them and then i took another one against him yeah and then i didn't do it and he was like oh i was waiting <laughs> for that you know so uh that's why having another option in the box uh, is a good thing well also you know that that was a, a pivotal moment for your arsenal teammate Bukayo Saka i know he missed the penalty um and we talk about mentality um he's not shy of taking a penalty as well you see that same characteristic inside of him yeah i think so and why should he he's so good taking you know and he's such a big player with a big personality why would he hide himself from penalty when he can help the team even if he, he miss another one he's so good at it he just need to go for the next one it's no problem who doesn't make a mistake you know well fans don't like <laughs> fans don't want their favorite players to make mistakes it's such a, a strange concept isn't it yeah but it happens isn't it yeah. we are human being i know <laughs> but this is this is one of the things i've been really interested in talking about you know when obviously we're journalists but we're talking to human beings and i think we talk about stats we talk about goals we talk about assists we talk about positioning we don't talk about you're a human man <laughs> like <laughs> you, you how can you operate a, a 100% every single game i know you want to but your body like. yeah we try to mm. and not just your body but your brain uh sometimes you are more tired here than than your actual legs you know and you just need to switch and go again we just played yesterday i'm here today and tomorrow we are, we are going to the hotel again you know it's it's, it's ridiculous busy mm. you can't train that much physically because we struggle is like game 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 and then uh, your brain is constantly going going 100 miles an hour how do you rest man yeah it's hard to switch off it's not easy yeah we can't complain as well because it's what we love to do mm. we just need to be ready for that if you don't want this leave the game you know or go play like in another level but I think everyone who is at this level, when was a kid, when when was a kid, was dreaming to be here. So now, yes, it's not easy, but it's what we wanted. You know, my, my thing is as well though, um, it is what you want. But the body can only push you so far. Now you've got the Nations League. Now you've got yeah. If, if you're definitely. lucky to be a top player like yourself, you're playing Champions League. You're playing FA Cup. You're playing Premier League. I mean it's a lot it's a lot on the body yeah. and we look at so many young players now I mean is it different when you started more football more minutes I think if so. you're at the top level I think so when I was young I wasn't at this level mm. uh, so I used to play Sunday 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 
Then when I was at Chelsea, I was like, this is this is high level. <laughs> this is what they said, like, okay, it's game, 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 game. And it's all it's it's hard. It's not easy. But it feels good. We we love we love you what we do. Play. So you just need to be careful with yourself and learn about your own body until where you can push. And then injuries can happen at any time, you know. I think a big part of it is your rest, your recovery. So you need to focus at this level even more on the recovery than the actual training. Yeah. Because the injuries, I, I believe that comes a lot from there when you didn't recover enough. So it's it's tricky. <laughs> do you do you say that to the young players and say, look, bro, like you need to get in the ice bath, man. You need, you need this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, because I know you look after yourself really well, but when you were young, do you think you can do everything? Yeah, and you can at some yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I do sometimes. I grab a fuel and let's go to the cryotherapy you know because mm. it's freezing and they're like oh no no i was like come on come on let's go let's go together or the ice bath or this or that and uh, and yes when i see someone that they don't really want to do and i think maybe they need because they've been playing more and they need like recovery quickly and then i i say something mm. i i have no problem it's it's for their benefit and for the team's benefit so Pickford tells himself, no problem, he's up to this. He has to be. It's Jorginho. Pickford is down to stop him! England is still alive! It is the save of his life! What a moment for Jordan Pickford. Now, he can do no more than the rest of us. Then turn and watch, 19 years old, Bukayo Saka step up and take huge responsibility on his young shoulders. Saka has to score. It's saved by Donnarumma! And it's Italy who are the champions of Europe. Penalties prove to be the dagger in English hearts once more. Now, when we were talking about um, the, the Euros, um, it was such a, a pivotal moment. I mean, it was... Brilliant for Italy, not so much for <laughs> England fans who have been dying for a, a cup since 1966. But it, it got me thinking. You know, look, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a Nigerian guy who grew up in England, right? I've got a British passport, I've got a Nigerian passport. Bukayo Saka, you know, um, Nigerian heritage, but plays for England. You, Brazilian, plays for Italy. You know, the abuse he got after that was insane you know not just him Rashford Sancho as well received a lot of that and you were in that rare position as well where you're Brazilian and also you play for Italy now you've received this kind of stuff before I don't want to say is it part of the game but is it hard to say I'm Italian only so long as I play well for Italy you know is is that hard to take yeah to be fair it's not easy it's hard, it's harsh. Unfortunately, it does affect you, mm. you know, because he'll give everything. You try your best. Sometimes your best is not enough, you know, and uh, people forget that you are just 
human being. But then when, when it happens, you are the first one to stop yourself and be mm. like, oh, why did you do that? Why mm. you didn't do like another thing or, or whatever? And uh, it doesn't feel good, unfortunately. I think at this point that if a footballer makes a mistake, it feels like it's the end of the world, mm. you know? Everyone wants to kill you. Let's say if you make a mistake here and maybe your boss will be upset with you and you say something, mm. you know, and nothing else, nothing's going to affect maybe your children, your family. But with us, it's different mm. because it affects like a lot of people, not just us. So maybe my mom, my father, my sister, who maybe is at the stadium, my kids when they go to school. And they think, oh, you're dead, blah, 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 blah. You know, not even mentioning about social media. And they can hide behind a screen, you know. But that doesn't affect just me, just the player. That affects, it can be like, that, that didn't happen to me, to be fair. But I know that happened to other players. Threats to their families, you know, because of, because of a football game. It's the game that everyone loves. So instead of being a joy, it could be a tragedy. So where, where is this going? It's interesting because I, you know, I watched the soccer situation. And I guess when you're, when you've, when you're grown up in England from another nationality as well, a dual nationality, you always say, like, where's home? Like, when 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 do they love me? <laughs> am I British? Or when they don't, am I Nigerian? I mean, where's home for you, like, mentally? How do you, how can you explain to people that you're both Brazilian and also proudly to, proud to be Italian? Yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain because it's a feeling that somebody say, can say like, ah, oh, or you're a liar, or mm -hmm. oh, no, you don't have a nationality, or you just say that you play for Italy, so you are Italian, mm -hmm. but you don't feel it. But that's not true, because now I lived more in Europe than in Brazil. Okay. So I spent half of my life in both sides of the planet, you know? So yes, I feel Brazilian, I am Brazilian, and yes, I feel Italian, and I am Italian. I don't know how to explain <laughs> to you. You're a global citizen. Yeah, but if like some situations, I'm like, I feel more in the Italian culture and other things, I feel more in Brazilian culture, you know? And I'm proud to be like this. I am proud to, to say that for some things, I feel more Italian, for some things, I feel more, more Brazilian. Do you, do, you, do you think you play more like a Brazilian or an Italian? That's... That's a tricky one and a funny <laughs> one because I have both as well. I swear to you. Like, tactically, I don't think I'm Brazilian. Okay. Speaking of football, like, tactically, for me, it's Italy. Interesting. Yeah, I learned Because you've been easy. there from the youth system to yeah. wherever, yeah. Yeah. So, tactically, I don't see anything resuming, you know? And maybe technique, maybe Brazilian. Maybe mentality more Italian. You're it, a bit of both. Yeah. 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 What do you miss most about Brazil, man? 
the weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is that when you were in Napoli or was that when you were in, in England? Because England, good luck, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, England, England. Napoli was good. Yeah. Napoli was really good. But uh, no, uh, apart from jokes, uh, my family. My family and my close friends, I miss them a lot. I try to bring them here as much as I can because to go there for me, it's really hard with the schedule. Mm -hmm. So now my mom and my sister here, my dad has been here a few months ago. And uh, I have two friends coming now for Christmas as well. So I try to to bring them here when I can, when they can come as well. Mm, I like that. I like that. Let's look ahead to... Um... The, the Euros. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing because when you walked in the door, I was like, are you are you guys crazy? Group B, group of death, Spain, <laughs> Albania, Croatia. It's a nice group, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> if anything's going to test your nerve as a player, wow, yeah. this is the one. How are you feeling? I'm excited. <laughs> are I'm you excited really? And, yes, I am, to be honest. To be honest, because at the end, you're going to have to opportunity to, the opportunity to play huge games with big national teams. There is like a dream to play these kind of games, you know, and uh, having the opportunity to have the experience is it's just unbelievable. It's it's beautiful, and for who loves football, it will enjoy, you know. That that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is no easy games. There is no easy games at this moment. And people want to beat Italy, you know. That's uh, come on. That's for sure. They, they, they've got all the targets on your back. I know, I know, I know. We always have. <laughs> So let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. Let's try and enjoy. How do you manage it? Because, um, you know, we talked about how things have changed for you at Arsenal and from Chelsea, from Napoli, and it's a different kind of role for you. Even with the Italian team, you know, uh, it was a, a period where you played a lot and then some parts you didn't play so much. And now finally the last two games and now you've qualified, you're back under Spalletti, former Napoli. I mean, how do you mentally deal with that? You're just ready when they call you or? What? You have to be. Mm. I mean, you have to be. If you want to be there, you have to be ready. Mm. You know, you have to to give performance to, to be called up. And then what happened to me? I wasn't playing that much with Arsenal and uh, the new coach didn't call me. That, as simple as that, okay. you know. And that's football, right? Yeah, that's football. And but then, then you uh, can say Calvin Phillips, you know, uh, maybe certain players for England don't play that much, but they get picked. Well, that's team. not my problem. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm talking about me. And that's the situation with um, Italy, you know. And uh, my situation, I was like, oh, I want to get back there. So I need to keep working harder and harder and harder for when I have my chance to play good football and be called again. That's all I did. I worked even harder. Um to show that I'm still up for it. There's something that keeps following you in our conversations is work hard, 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 hard. You've had this from a, a young age. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it. Yeah. Even because, you know, there will be some players at your age saying, you know what, I've got a couple of years left, three or four years left. Man, you just... No, more than that, man. <laughs> well, in the modern game, look, you could go up to 40. time already. No, I'm just like, bro, I'm just in, I think you could actually have a media I'm, career. I'm just telling you, I'm just, I'm just warming you up for the future times. But I mean, you still, that hunger has always been inside you, but do you see yourself as an underdog all the time? Yes. I think that's that's a key point for you to to keep pushing and to fly higher, you know? Because at the moment that you think you 
don't have anything to learn or you achieved and you don't have that hunger, your way is just down, you know? And I feel so good that I want to keep going up and up, up the mountain, you know? Because I don't think I can just relax and don't be competitive and ah, okay, whatever. That's not who I am and that's not like what I've been taught, mm. you know? And uh, yes, I will keep working hard and hard. <laughs> Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. You're listening to The Athletic Football Podcast with Io Akimole. Jorginho at Napoli, Jorginho at Chelsea, Jorginho at Arsenal. That midfield position you've played, you've played various positions, man. Where do you see yourself right now in, in, in the st- your style of play for, for Arsenal? When they bring you on, what are they expecting from you? They're expecting to keep the team together, their compactness, and they expect me to do what I think I do best. Makes things easier for who's around me, you know, my teammates. And that can be with a with a pass. That can be communicating on the pitch. That can be telling someone to wake up. You know, that can be don't worry, think about the next one. It can be in many ways. Mm. That's my main rule, I think. Mm. And I try to do my best, mm. to be honest. That position, especially in the modern game, has become so important. Declan, you know, Hundred plus million. I mean that it never used. It was always attack, attack, attack. Yeah. And now you're looking at the defensive midfielders to hold that core, that single pivot. You know, like you're the guy. How does that feel, like to to be? In that? You know, you know, you know the importance of of that rule because actually that's the rule that connects everything. You know, I think a defender he can be amazing and like no one can dribble him and like wherever goalkeeper can save mm. a lot striker can score many goals mm. but at the at, at the end the midfield connects everything so i think with time they start to understand the the importance of that rule that connects the whole team and it's becoming more and more important i think how much intelligence do you think is needed for that position because you, the link between the attack and also the defense, right? So your game awareness has to be insane. Yeah, it has to be really good because sometimes when the ball is there, you need to be looking there. Mm-hmm. What's happening here, mm-hmm. you know, to to call maybe in this situation, the winger from the other side. Mm-hmm. The ball is here and you were like this, no, coming this way. And the game is going on here, you know? So the ball is flying. 
the blue is there and you need to look here mm. to call this guy maybe you know our teammates we have the ball here and we need to look around where the pressure is coming from when we where we need to get out what's the way to go forward you know and it's it's that's why the intelligence is it's so important and your vision your perception of what's happening around is is key mm, i guess that then brings me on to Mikel Arteta, you know, super detail. <laughs> like, just a bit. Just, <laughs> well, you know. Not much. I, I'll start with this one. <laughs> when you're about to come on as a substitute, for instance, how much are you, can you take in from what he wants? Uh, or, or is that the stuff that happens in the training ground or just before the game? Like, yeah, no, there's a lot the, of information. Yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of information from him. But not in that moment. In that moment, there is no more information. It's just like, two key informations that maybe happened on the pitch that he didn't plan training, for example. And he was like, okay, this is happening and uh, we need to do this and this. Do you then have to come on and tell everybody else exactly what they need to be doing? Yeah, maybe it's not even everybody else. Maybe it's just like two players, you know, but all the 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 details and all the information uh, he, he give us in training. So when we get there, he doesn't want us thinking and, you know, processing all those informations. He wants us ready, free to to play and free to put our own stuff on the game as well. Oh, interesting. You know? So he allows you to have the personality, your own personality on the game. Yeah, of course you have yeah. to because at the end, football is talent as well. Yeah, but sometimes people think someone like that is so meticulous, like Pep Guardiola. Maybe they've taken the personality away from a player, but you actually say you got the tactics right, but still be yourself. Yeah, of course. And what he tries to do is to create a strategy that can bring out the best of yourself. Interesting. So he can read the characteristics from the players he has and the way he wants to play allows your best characteristics to come out. Example, when he wants me to play, he doesn't want me to go to compete the ball in there. You know, he put a strategy that I'm gonna go for the second ball, for example, you know? That's so fascinating because as, as the fan, you're like, why is Georgie not getting the first ball? It's actually planned that way. Everything happens, it's planned. Sometimes it doesn't work, mm. but every single situation in a game, you can be sure that Mikel Arteta works on it. <laughs> well, I think Martin Odegaard said, I think it was last season, he says, sometimes the manager says to us, this is how the game's going to be. And we get there, this is the way the game's going to be. Yeah. He's thinking that far ahead. Yeah. I think he says a lot. And that's how much he, he knows about, about the game. And that helps so much everyone all the players, you know, because when you have a coach that tells you, okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is how we can get out of that situation or that's how we can score or that's how we're not going to score and we go on the pitch and the situation is there, the same situation that you trained. Mm -hmm. So you know how to react to that situation, you know, and uh, it it just makes makes things easier. Yeah, Declan Rice said um, there's so much information to take in yeah. sometimes. You know, already in the 10 days that I've been here, I'm seeing football in a different way. Um, I'm seeing the game completely different. I'm learning different things every day. 
And you know that's what I want to do. I want to test myself. Um, you know that's why we play football, and that's why you know you want to you want you want to improve. You've worked under different types of managers. How do you decipher how to absorb all their information, their tactics, and adapt it to your game as well? You need to be open, you know, for that. You you need to be the that type of person that you want to learn. So if you are open for that, you have things to learn from everybody. And that's what, what I always did. Always want to learn from each of them. And I learned from each of them mm. what to do and what not to do sometimes. <laughs> but but does, does, does Jorginho say, okay, thank you, Sari, I appreciate that. Now I have to repeat this over and over again so I can stay in my head. Like, what's your way of uh, remembering what is needed for oh, you? What's your style? It's, like? it's, it's repetition, mm. you know? I think repetition is it's a lot. And I think many people when go to bed, let's say, you think about what happened and uh, how you trained and mm. what you want to do the next day, you know, the like next game, okay, we're gonna play tomorrow, what we trained and you think of the repetitions that you did in the game in the training and what it did well and what you didn't do well. So what you need to change and what you need to try for the next day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think big part of it is visualizing. Right, you're yeah. a visualizer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so the night before the game, it's... That's why you can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of uh, images coming to this head, The how I see the the next game. I want to touch on something here. And we spoke about it earlier. You did say you've got quite a few le years left in your legs, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but money and playing, you know, I mean, look, you're playing in the Premier League. You're a top flight footballer. Um, sort of at a point in your career where you're maybe thinking of all, the, all your other options. How far in advance do you start thinking, this is how I'm going to start spending my money? Like, this is how I'm going to start looking after myself? Um, fortunately... In my situation, I always had someone helping me, uh, and it's my sister. So it's someone that I trust. So like a family affair. Yeah. My sister was always with me. And uh, this, this thing is a little bit funny because when I was super young, my dad asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, footballer. And he said, all the things that's like really hard in football, you know? Yeah. Now they gonna try to take you down. They're gonna steal money from you. They're gonna say that you are not good enough. He made the game so bad. Like he made the game look so bad. Mm -hmm. Then he asked me again, what do you wanna be? I was like, football. <laughs> <laughs> I was super young. Like, I yeah. mean like, I don't know, six, seven. Yeah. And my sister was, she's five older than me. Mm -hmm. And he looked ahead and he said, okay, you're going to start then because you need to, to help your brother. He needs to think just about football. That far back? That far back. It's crazy, huh? Wow. I swear, it's crazy. But I guess what your dad said about people are going to take money from you, people are going to say bad things. It all happened to you. <laughs> like, this has all happened to you. Yeah. And you know, we spoke about this before, ages ago. And I, I was, like, this story of you going to Verona, and being on like 20 euros a month or something like that. 20 euros per week. Per week. Yeah. I mean, you you got, 
it's an English phrase, but you got fleeced. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> so basically, someone took lots of money from you and you didn't realize it. Uh-huh. Um, and this happened to you. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more? Yeah. Basically, I went to Italy. I was living with this 20 euro per week. Mm-hmm. I was living in a monastery. We wouldn't see the priest, you know. That was the part for for the priest. Mm, it was the monastery. Yeah. yeah, and then there was the other other part with all the, the this corridor with all bedrooms, mm-hmm. like for students, for young players. And I used to live in there with five boys. Mm-hmm. We were six in a room, and uh, we were treated so well. Actually, when I go to Verona, I try to go there Still to see them. These yeah, Amazing. I, I try to. We had breakfast, lunch, dinner there. And at that point I was, when I went there for the first time, I was 15. So you left you left Brazil at 15? Yeah. Man, that's a lot. Yeah, I was 15. And uh, we used to, to live with 20 euro per week for one and a half year. After one and a half year, uh, I found out the agent took money, you know? Do you know how much? Can you say? Oh, I don't want to say. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, that situation, it, yeah. yes, it was. And uh, I found out I went crazy for me. Football was over in that moment. I want to go back home. But this, you're miles away from home. This is your very first big shot, right? Yeah. You're in an academy. But or... for me, it was, it was over. I want, I want to give up. Really? Yeah, like seriously. I, I called home crying and I said, this is enough for me. I missed so much. I missed out all my teenager age. Uh, I miss my friend, my friends. I miss my family. I miss home. And uh, I'm living with 20 euro per week. I can't help my mom, my dad. So what am I doing here? Was that your dream as a footballer to be able to help your mom and your dad? Yeah. Hopefully make some money and then yeah. send some back home. Yeah. That was my my target let's say and i called home crying and fortunately i had parents who said no to me they said you are not coming back you are too far now it was so close because at that point i was training with the first team i was 17 and a half and i was training with the first team and they said no you are too close you cannot give up now and i was like please take me home please take me home and he said, no, you're not going home. Uh, you're not coming, you're not coming. So they convinced me to stay, fortunately. And then everything started changing and changed the agent, started playing. But how did you know the agent was taking the money? Um, was there anyone to say, hey, yeah. man, like, yeah, because how much are you earning, bro? Because no, <laughs> no, 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 was it one of those conversations? No, basically, was, I was 17 and a half mm. and I, I didn't have a pre-contract. Mm. Nothing. Is, it, is this unusual? Or it just depends? It, 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 I, I think it depends on the situation, to be honest. Yeah. But in that situation, it was unusual because other boys, they had. We were only two, if I'm not wrong, training with the first team. So the other boy, he had the pre-contract. I didn't. Some other boy had the pre-contract, not training with the first team. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Something's up. What's going on? And then I would ask the agent why I don't have it. And he used to say, oh, I'm sorry, they don't want to, to do it for like with you. I need to find another situation for you. I need to find somewhere else for you to go. 
And then uh, I met my friend, one of my best friends, who was the goalkeeper. And he spoke with his agent to find out about it. It came out that basically the team would speak with him. I wasn't the age, so the team would speak with him. He would ask more money. From the team? Yeah. And to me, he would say the team doesn't want to make a contract with you. At that point for me it was, nah, this is not for me because I consider myself like a good guy. And I was like, my dad was right. This word is not for me. But then I met good people as well. Unfortunately, I, I didn't give up and I achieved, you know, but was, it was tough. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, but also, I, I can imagine you're not the very first football player. For and not going to be the last. <laughs> can you imagine the, the, the other stories, right? Uh, but also, I mean, look, I know you're already thinking about future. I know especially younger players and their future. I know you uh, you have a stake in an app called Gather, um, which helps simplify investing for savings uh, for, for young people as well. And it's that's the part, I think. It's for young people as well. Understanding something in England for me is money literacy. We don't have enough of it, even for people who are quite wealthy. No one knows how to spend their money mm-hmm. um, or save their money. When you're now at this point in your career where you've got your assets in a good place and then now you're seeing young kids rolling in in like oh. a Ferrari <laughs> or like, do you know what I mean? Because I've, I've never seen you as that guy. I no. mean, I've looked at your socials and stuff. You're not the guy rolling around in seven Bentleys or anything like that. <laughs> but like what? What goes through your mind when you see that? Uh, um, I need to be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> be clear, man. Be honest. Be straight. Like, uh, it's. I struggle to see that, to be honest. I think I'm old fashioned. <laughs> I'm like, have you saved enough? Yeah. You know, because I think everyone has the, their own history, right? And uh, for sure, they worked hard, as we were speaking, to get at where they are. Yeah, and they deserve to enjoy it. But I think for me, it's all about balance. When you learn that it's all about balance, you can enjoy this, but you need to look at this part as well. And maybe sometimes I feel that some people think they are better than other people. Mm. They are other people because of fame, because of money, you know. The way I think is not like that. Everyone... In my opinion, we will die. We will go to the same place, mm. you know? So why do you need to to treat someone in a rude way? Why do you need to think that you are better than somebody else? It's it's hard to not want to buy. A, I mean, I, was, I don't know if you watched it. I was watching the David Beckham uh, documentary and David Beckham's like... I signed a contract with Adidas. for 50,000 pounds. And I went and bought an M3 for 50,000 pounds. Thankfully, he's a big brand, right? And yeah. his career after football is, you know, you've seen it from the modeling. You know how whatever. many is not him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you know about the percentage? Like the percentage what is, is it? so high. The percentage of uh, professional footballers finishing their careers and going like bankrupt bankrupt mm. it's ridiculous high mm. like ridiculous high so 
that's when I think I really having that balance that you can enjoy, but because if you can do it, do it. That makes you happy, do it. But I'm not here to judge anyone. If you break your leg. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's that that what come comes to my mind when I I see those things to be honest. <laughs> but do clubs help players like yourself and say, ah, oh, maybe you wanna save your money here or maybe you wanna yeah, you've been to three major clubs, Napoli, Chelsea, Arsenal. Uh I think could be done more. I think we have all the support, yeah, for everything. Maybe this part maybe needs to improve. Maybe. I'm I'm not sure. But could be. But the thing is, do they want to listen? You know? Because maybe they tried, didn't happen, and then maybe you know, we don't know the whole story. But you talk about what you're talking about for me is interesting because you talk about this really strong family support. Do you think that's important? Like uh, that, I mean, but also how how do you pick your family? How do you pick your friends? You know, because uh, what I see with a lot of footballers is they they can't try and keep it close with their friends for obvious reasons, people that they trust. But not everyone that you trust has your back. That's for sure. That's why family is it's so important. We have like a huge example here. Mm. I don't think we will see Bukayo Saka like that. Interesting. Because his family is always with him. And I don't think your family who is close to you, who knows how much you suffer to get there, mm. we want to see you wasting everything and throwing in the bin just to show off, mm. you know? So maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but I don't think so. <laughs> let's, let's end it there, man. Jorginho, absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us no, on The you. Athletic, man. This is always, always fun, bro. Thank always you, thank, thank you very much. That is the podcast. That was Jorginho. And uh, don't forget to rate and review us as well. And also, before I forget, why not give a friend or a loved one the gift of reading the best writing around with a one-year subscription to The Athletic at the special discounted price of just $19.99. That's both pounds and dollars. Simply head over to theathletic.com forward slash football pod. Thank you so much for listening. We're back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Athletic Football Podcast. The producers were Adonis Pratsides and Guy Clark, with additional production by Mike Stavro and Jay Beal. The executive producer was A.D. Moorhead. The Athletic.